Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Go ahead, please. Okay. Hello, everyone. My name is Bukhor, and I'm a sexaholic. Grateful to be here. Thank you, Rena, for your amazing service. Um, and um, I'd like to qualify a little bit about the problem. Uh, before I speak about the solution, muted just for a few few minutes. Um, so I am 28. Um, I believe that I've started seeing symptoms of my sexualism from around when I was five, four. I remember drawing a woman's body parts, and um, always interested in uh, my relatives. You know, I've, I've um, always taken a lot of. Uh, given a lot of thought and attention towards the woman um, in my vicinity. Um, slowly, um, as a teenager, starting to um, try to initiate uh, you know, contact relationships. Um, so I started with masturbation, around 14, pornography was a, was a grand discovery for myself. And... Um, it, it, I could probably say that it revolutionized my life. And um, as, I, um, as I continued on, I started to, um, on, um, through social media, started to get in touch with um, numerous multiple, um, multiple females. And um, my reputation started uh, going down. Um, in my family and um, in my community, I um, that was around you know teenage time. I was um, at the time when I was a teenager. I, I started becoming very religious, um, especially when coming into uh, Jewish school. I switched from my public school to a Jewish school. I, I started becoming very religious, and um, little did I know that. Um, my religious life was slipping away because of my lust, and um, soon when I was 18, I, I, I left Israel to learn in a Talmudical seminary, where I was learning the Talmud all day long, um, and um, the thing that I started getting busy with was going to the, the center of the city um, at nights and trying to score a connection as Roy Kay speaks about the white book. And it was um, quite quite confusing because I was trying to lead a quote-unquote spiritual religious life, but yet I was showing up at, uh, at bars and at um, clubs trying to get a connection, trying to... Number and um, it was 
it was just um, getting crazier and crazier. But um, somehow I managed to um, suppress myself either through masturbation or whatnot. And soon enough, um, I was um, I found myself in the in the dating process. Um, I have to um, I have to mention though that all throughout my life I had always had social issues, severe severe social issues. Um, always seeking attention and always fearful and intimidated of others. Um, coming a little bit from a dysfunctional home, but I, I do not believe that that is the cause to my sexualism, as I do have a brother who is just phenomenal at everything. And um, he also grew up in the same setting as me. Um, so I'm, I'm this uh, socially off uh, Sexaholic, they they call it a creep out there in, in the real world, and um, now I'm now I'm starting to date, and because I was arranged with uh, with a girl um, who was actually a very respectable person, and um, at the dates I'm just I'm lusting and I cannot focus on her, and um, I don't like her, and I end up marrying her. And um, that's where I discovered the true extent of my disease was um, basically that in the bedroom, I, I did not find any any stimulation because I had been so shot and zonked by, by the pornography and masturbation that I watched and, um, and done. I did, I was involved in illegal activities, um, such as brushing and pressing up against women in public areas on buses and cramped buses. And um, um, a little bit into my marriage, I started seeing uh, about a year later, after refusing to get any help whatsoever, upon my wife's request, I started um, seeing um, a therapist that told me that I have to stop doing that, otherwise I'll get locked up. And I told him, well, that, that's why I came to see you because I don't know, I don't know how to stop. And he told me, um, well, you got to stop. So I was confused about that. Um, I started to, during my marriage, um, I was speak, I was trying to speak. I continued pursuing um, connections with women. Never been successful, um, but. Um, I started to tell my my wife that um, that I need a uh, I need a mistress because I'm just I'm not I'm not satisfied, and I told her that according to my Jewish law that it permits me, um, even though that's not true, but uh, that's what I made up in my mind, and uh, I emotionally destroyed my my ex-wife. Um, I I used her as a sex object very frequently, um, and she totally, um, our relationship totally panned out. I never worked on our relationship. I only demanded, and um, I, I pretty much destroyed her. And one one day she just took my child and ran away from me um, when I was outside of the home. And um, that's when my big dreams and my big uh, my big fantasy of the world of the life that I was living or that I thought I was living was shattered. 
Um, I was living in Israel, studying all day. I did not own a cell phone because I had an allegiance to my spiritual way of life. Even though subconsciously I think it was because I didn't want to, I was scared of lusting. I was scared of having the phone because I felt that I would act out by, um, by calling up women and having a private um, private way of, um, of contacting them. But in any case, um, that's when my big dream shattered. I already had a child. Um, and basically this rabbi told me, you got to go to SA. And um, he told me three times that I have to go to SA. But I, I said, no, no, you know, I, I, I figured it out already. And um, I, I'm, I'm good now. And I didn't realize the extent of my illness until I came into the, to the rooms and I and I written down my first step, and um, I think I cried. I, I remember crying so much after looking at my whole six pages of my first step, and um, that was um, the first six months that I was in, in the rooms. I started attending a meeting every day. I took a sponsor, um, and I stayed sober. For six months, um, I was crying a lot because now my my wife that I lived with for two for two years, for a year and a half, um, because we both lived away from our family in Israel, we were each other's family, and not that we had too much of a connection to our original family, but now I felt like I had no one, and I reached my bottom. I, I failed in life miserably, and I was working the program, or at least what I thought was the program, and um, I was running to meetings, um, just meetings, 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 then a little bit of the steps. Um, actually, I had a solid first step, second step, and third step coming into the program, and um, that didn't that worked for me. It worked for six months um, until I crossed the line and I relapsed with a um, with a live person. I brought somebody to my to my house. I acted out with them, and that's how I broke my six months of sobriety. And I would like to say that for six months, um, I'm in program for three and a half years, and uh, I can probably say that. The severity and the magnitude magnitude of the quality and probably in quantity of the amount of times that I've acted out in in the rooms is probably close to how much I acted out outside of the rooms. Um, so my disease started progressing severely. Um, I, I started working as a course of uh, recovery. I, I left you know, learning all day because I was just wasting my time anyways and I had to support myself and my the, the woman I was separated from or at least myself at the time and I was working in a shoe store in a very populated area and um, I was acting out a lot um, until I got seven months of sobriety and then I was doing, I was going to two live meetings one I opened up in the morning, one I was going to at night, and I was and I was going to three phone meetings a day. I was doing service. I was making a, a convention.
motion and into group convention. And I'm a pretty talented guy, and I'm pretty sharp also, which is part of my problem. Um, because sometimes it works, but sometimes the fact that it works is part of the issue. And I and I get sidetracked from from the main from the main uh, the main work of this program. And I was I was busy with service and meetings, and um, I wasn't getting sober after seven months of sheer and utter hell of white knuckling. I acted out again, and from that relapse, I was just acting out on and on and on. I came, I I was off to the races. I uh, kind of like Bill was off to the to the next business opportunity. I boarded a plane and came to America two years ago to open up uh, a business, which, um, to God's grace, in recovery, started doing much better, um, and and. Um, I was here for a year in New Jersey, and I was just acting out left and right. My new sponsor told me that he's not going to he's not going to convince me to stay sober. If I were to stay sober, I would have to come to that conclusion myself. And I took the, the liberty and time to discover that. And so, um, for a year, I I started just let myself loose. Um, and I, and I was working with my sponsor here and there, with my fourth sponsor. He, um, I, I liked his message because he said he was working with the big book. And um, the things he was saying made a lot of sense. And I started working with him. But then, um, but then this little you know year break that I took acting out, um, discovering my truth. You see, I, I will. It'll never be enough to discover my powerlessness because. After I had come in and I had the shock of my life, I felt the need to discover more powerlessness. So I don't ever think I will discover the extent of my powerlessness. I'll just be ahead of myself. And in any case, um, I, I, I started seeing people paying for sex, dating, dating apps, um, video chatting in, in my business. And people, I was noticed by people I am in a religious community, so my problem was disastrous. Um, my ex-wife got remarried, and I I was um, Zoom Zoom chatting, Zoom calling my daughter that I loved so much, and now pornography. Now she was getting in the way of pornography and video, sex chatting, and dating apps, and this craziness of lust. And I was becoming a smelly, sweaty that um, act, you know, masturbator in my in my in my office room, and um, I, that was that was the that was where I started just praying for the willingness to to recover and to stay sober. And I decided to take the messages that I heard um, from all of the old timers and messages that I picked up on was one old timer told me um, in Israel he was about close to 30 years sober. He told me, um, before one day the big book is going to save your life. And I looked at him like he was crazy because number one, I didn't see my disease as a life-threatening disease. And number two, why would this book written by some alcoholic save my life? But um, after working with my fourth sponsor who had opened up the book and started going through um, steps with me, I saw that 
concepts that I was hearing of in the rooms. And I started to take all the messages of my fourth sponsor and incorporate them into my life. I started reaching out to old timers, listening to any message I got, even if I thought I was smarter than them. And um, soon enough, I, con I, I started running after my fourth sponsor. It was hard to get in touch with him, working, you know, working steps one, two, three, and um, doing the step work as a main part of my, my recovery. And then I couldn't get in touch with him um, so much. So I felt the need to cover the steps before I get covered in the ground. And um, I called up. I called up my current sponsor, and um, he had put me on um, steps ten and eleven right away. And uh, he told me to um, to surrender my character defects as they come up, um, to spot them, to watch out for them, resentment, fear, dishonesty, resentment, fear, dishonesty, and selfishness. And I did this, um, I was a few months sober by then, but I started doing this um, to a smaller extent with my, with my previous sponsor, and I started doing it before I got sober. And I realized that in order for me to get sober, I wouldn't be able to keep my zipper shut merely and stay sober. I would, I would need to recover and hit a spiritual solution that I'd been hearing of here and there in the rooms. And I started to pursue not just sobriety, but recovery with all my might. And um, I started reaching out to God a lot. I started um, surrendering my character defects. And with my, with my current sponsor, he has me sending him a text whenever I, I, I feel I encounter a character defect. And I, I write to him that I spotted, you know, fear, lust, resentment, whatever it is, um, asking God to take it away and resolutely turn myself, my thoughts to be of service to another. And I started to turn my thoughts. Um, he told me that I don't have to do service, but I'd have to turn my thoughts to do service. And that's what I would do. And sometimes I would do one or two of the three things and it didn't go away. And I said, mm -hmm, you got to do all three. And as I did all three, I felt a relief of my character defects. A lot of times when I was hit with a lot of lust, I would um, I would just sit down and see what's going on inside of me, as the big book says, to pause. Well, what's going on on the inside? And I would find that I was really stressed out or pressured by a certain character defect of mine that, or a certain circumstance in my life that was making, you know, that was being, that was a current circumstance. And as I would work through it, you know, through with God and, and with, with identifying the character defect related to it, I would feel an ease and I would feel the ability to continue functioning throughout my day. I had to make reco recovery and sobriety a an absolute um, priority in my in my life. Um, and uh, I started working through the, the first step in the big book with my sponsor. My experience in the first step was... Um, going through all the pages is that my problem is relapsing. I can stay sober for a bit. Um, I can even stay sober on steps one, two, and three for a long time. I've done it for, for six months. I've done it for seven months. But steps one, two, three don't get me past, 
you know, past that long. And I couldn't keep on acting out. So I said, I have to, I have to dive into the next, into the next steps. And that was what step one experience was, is that I will forever relapse until I hit a spiritual solution. Step two for me in the big book um, was that I'm, that I'm totally close-minded to God. Because even as a religious person, I had judged people that had blind faith in a God. And I was, I was, I became, I, I saw, I saw the extent of how my life was not working. Forget about the lust. My life, my life wasn't working. My, um, my daily life was not working. I screwed up in life. And I realized that I was never open-minded to blind faith in my God. Um, despite the fact that I was very religious, and as I mentioned before, I was, um, I, I dedicated the day, my days to political study and religious study, yet that did not, um, that did not bring me to a sufficient experience of having a connection with a higher power, with a power greater than myself, and, and, and believing him and trusting him, and starting to just put aside my dishonesty that Oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, even though it was very hard for me, but I did it because I, I knew I had no other option. No other option other than to believe in that power. And I knew that that would be good for me. I knew that I don't have to be in love with him. And I don't have to be friends with him like I was since, you know, my childhood friend. But I knew that he was going to save me because he has all the power. And I'm not that important that I can ruin his his dynamic and that he, he can handle my, my mess ups and he can handle my past and um, he, he, he will get me out of this. Um, and, and the disease convinced me of that because I was not willing to go back into my disease, um, even though I really enjoy lust till today. But um, I, that's, it's just not an option for me to live that way anymore. And step three, my sponsor uh, showed me in the big book that I had to give my life and will over to the care of my life, of will um, the care of my life over to God as I understood him, not as I understand him. And that meant that I would, I would dig up the old God that I had, when I, that I grew up with. Um, I tried to formulate a new God with some exercises, um, but that didn't work for me because in my experience, I can't use um, I can't use my brain to overcome my brain. And being up a God didn't really work for me. Although I do know that my perception of God is distorted, so I could do a little bit of inventory on my distorted perception of God. But the God of of, of before is the one that I reached out to, and that's the one I resonate with the most. And that's the one with the pitchfork, and I just had to. Um, contemplate the fact that I, I am dishonest and I'm delusional of the way I perceive him. And with that in mind, just coming in with an open mind, um, I commenced upon step four with my sponsor, um, started doing, um, started uh, reading out a list of all the people that I had, um, and, and in step three, I made a commitment to continue on with this work to finish up the steps because I can't 
fully surrender to God unless I I get all the wrongs out of the way and all of my blockages to him out of the way. As I said before, steps one, two, and three did not keep me sober sufficiently. Um, so that's where my recovery begins in step four. And that's where, in writing out the names of all the people that I resented, writing out 19 words for each one um, as the second column, what they did to me, um, writing out 19 words really helped me um, get down to the real core cause and not get lost in the big picture. It really just zoomed in on it, um, praying for all of them. It was quite hard. Um, it was quite hard praying for some of these people, but it was it was very freeing because as, as the prayer goes, this is a sick man, how can I be helpful to him? Realizing that a lot of the people that had wronged me were sick people um, gave me a big leverage to, to pray for them. And in step, uh, and in the fourth column, uh, third column, I, I had a multiple choice. I'd written where it affected me. And in the fourth column, I started writing my mistakes and where I was to blame. And um, that was the most unbelievable experience I've had up until now. And I'm starting to see my um, my my phallus um, approach to life, my diseased approach to life, the self my myself, my constant need for self that has screwed me up all the time. And um, just as a side point, um, I do, because my time is up, being selfless, working on selflessness did help me. And um, being selfless and um, trying to be of service to other people within the, the, the boundaries of what my sponsor tells me I can do, and self-care. And I'm going to wrap up with that. Thanks for letting me share. All right. Thank you so much, Bahar from New Jersey, for your service and sharing today. And now we're going to go right to Q&A. Um, and the recording will continue unless you ask me to pause the recording so you can ask your question of our speaker today, which is great. So here are the rules of the road for sharing. In participation, we avoid topics that can lead to dissension or distraction. We also avoid explicit sexual descriptions and sexually abusive language. The emphasis is on honesty, recovery, and healing, how to apply the 12 steps and traditions in our daily lives. No crosstalk, please, which means interrupting, giving advice, or criticizing someone else's share. If you feel someone is getting too explicit, you say you may so signify by saying... Hello. Hello, Rita. Oh, I was speaking unmute this whole time <laughs> thank you thank you for letting me know that <laughs> so I'll, I'll start again and say thank you Bahor for your service today and I'm going to read uh, a few rules of the road before we start doing the Q&A and uh, as I said before which you did not hear but you will now hear is if you would like to ask our speaker a question not on the recording, let me know. I will be happy to pause the recording. So here are some rules of the road. In participation, we avoid topics that can lead to dissension or distraction. We also avoid explicit sexual descriptions and sexually abusive language. The emphasis is on honesty, recovery, and healing. How to apply the 12 steps and traditions in our daily lives. No crosstalk please, which means interrupting, giving advice, or criticizing someone else's share. If you feel someone is getting too explicit, you may so signify by saying my hand is raised, at which point I will consult a group conscience. 
All right, so who would like to be first to ask our speaker a question? Bahari, New Jersey. And again, press star six to unmute and ask a brief question. Thank you. Go ahead, Ted. Yes, thank you very much. I, I won't say the name. I'm getting trouble pronouncing your name. I apologize. Bahor. Bahor. And I would like to. Bahor. And I would like to ask. And I would like to ask. I struggle with regret, and so I was wondering how, um, if you experience. Uh, regret from some of the problems maybe with your family or other things and then how you approach that feeling and in a useful and constructive way um thanks for the question um of course sexaholic um, i did i did struggle with regret at the beginning um coming into recovery seeing snons and recovering as a members i learned that that i have an illness and um the reason I, I had done these things to my ex-wife was because I was mental, um, just completely mental. And um, I take that as um, as God's will that I was that I had to go through this. And I had to go through the suffering of doing this harm to her, and that I can I can actually be of service to other people and help other people treat their wives, give them my ESH, um, be a role model treat other people respectfully and I believe that in my living amends I will start doing that more and that's what I that, that's what I do okay thank you Ted thank you so much it gives me hope dear brother thank you so much my path. thank you all right let's have another question please press star six to unmute your line Hi, I'm I'm about my uh, question. Uh, Smoke from New Jersey. I, I didn't know you were speaking today. Um, I've actually, you know, I've met you personally a few times, um, and I guess it's just really inspiring. I always knew you were very serious. Um, I guess my question is. I'm not sure if I'm correct, but I, I think you were struggling a lot in the beginning, and you were, you're in program for a while. What do you think it was that clicked for you, um, you know, to, to have this clarity and, and you know length of sobriety? Um, yeah, thank you. Um, I always hated when I was told this, but. Um, I believe it was the light under my, my bottom. When, when, when the heat under my bottom got really, really big, I just, I started to figure things out and I started to look for answers. Um, it was a great stimulant for me. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's, it's also God, it's God's time. I, I really, you know, the fact that I found my sponsors, the fact that I 
I came to this message. It was also praying for the willingness. Um, I also started praying for the willingness a little bit before that happened. And I, and I prayed to God to, to, to see the truth um, and to come out with some sort of direction. I, I, I believe a, a lot of it was that, which actually my fourth sponsor told me to do. And that was his story. All right. Thank you, Mo in New Jersey, for that question. Who else would like to come in? You'll need to press star six to unmute your line. Hi, Yasi here from New Jersey. Hi, Yasi. Go ahead, please. Yeah, hi. Um, or I know uh, you too from, from meeting you in person, meeting locally. Um, I got a message that you're sharing and I wanted to hear. I'm happy I joined. Um, really inspiring stuff. And um, I really related to what you said, like uh, needing to work the steps and... Um, and, and what you ended up with, the selflessness, I find that I'm struggling with uh, giving up all um, expectation of sex in my marriage, and um, that is causing me a lot of trouble. Not, uh, not love-wise, I am fully sober for a while with no significant actions of lust, but it's causing havoc in my marriage, and... Um, Actually, to give that up and be selfless about it. Um, but it can be hard because I'm like, I'm sober, why am I abstinent, you know? Um, if you have anything to say on that, I know you're not married, so I'd like to hear. Thank you, Yossi. Um, nice knowing you also. Um, I also, I struggle a lot um, with my, my lust comes to me in the form of how my sex and marriage will be. And um, I, 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 I use the same tools of, of lust, of um, asking God to surrender my lust. I surrender my lust to God, not fighting it, not white-knuckling it, um, but just giving it over to God, praying for direction on it. Um, and like the big book says, throwing myself to be of more service to other people. Being more selfless usually would help in the sex issues. Um, other than that, I don't have any experience, and I, I will be looking for, for experience um, on that one myself. Yeah, it's actually what my sponsor told me to do. So I guess we're on to something, and i got to go there and be of more service and working on myself. Thank you for that. Appreciate your share and your feedback. All right, thank you, Yasin, New Jersey, for your question. Who else would like to come in with a question? Hey, this is, yes. This is Daniel and uh, Ibn Shemesh. Hey, Bukhul, how are Hi, you? Hi, Daniel. Thank hey, you. Daniel. Um, yeah, I had a question. You said in your talk that you, um, you know, that you were in meetings and you um, and you'd never heard these things before. And I think you were talking about your full sponsor, and like you were hearing things you'd never heard before. And I remember, you know, I'm grateful to say I was in a lot of meetings with you. I want to, you know, I'm interested to hear what things you've never heard before in meetings that were, you know, like my sponsor, he always says, um, you know, that every time he reads the book, you know, he finds something. It's, it's like God rewrote the book. Because 
things there that you never saw before? Were there things that you know? Were there things you never heard before? Were there things that your eyes, your ears were open to hearing of finally? Or, or, or what was it? Interesting to hear. Thanks. Thank you, Daniel. Um, that's a great question. Um, I I think that it was both. I think it was both. Um, I definitely was not ready to hear a lot of things coming into the program, and I needed a lot of breaking of um, like circumstances to break my ego, which is really God breaking my ego to become open, to open my ears up to hear and to listen. But um, there was a certain there was a certain element of just not hearing, just not hearing that message. Um, once I was ready to hear, um, I, I I never heard of doing step ten and eleven from the very start. Um, and I um, I believe my other sponsors did take me through the big book, um, but it was my my new experience was just more word for word. Um, just pure originalistic type of um, like um, from from what the actual direct text speaks about just doing the raw text of the big book um, a lot of a lot of um, inferences from from the text that I never heard before um, and just focusing solely on the steps and, and the big book was was something new to me also um, as opposed to you know, working up through a lot of sobriety, just staying sober, and maybe it was my own mistake. All right. Thank you, Daniel T., for your question. Who else would like to come in? We still have a few more minutes for questions. Steve from Tampa. Thank you, Steve from Tampa. Go ahead. Hey, I really appreciate your share today. I, I resonated with so much of what you said, and I, I, I heard and felt so much of my own struggle through my five years in this program, and, and I continue to struggle, and I, I really appreciated the share. But one thing I wanted to ask you is you, you mentioned that you had a lot of difficulty in, in learning or, or, in, or in trusting God. And so I guess my question is, is, do you feel like you got to the point where you do now trust God, and if so, how did that happen? Thanks, Steve. Um, I definitely still have my doubts in God, but um, like I've heard from, an, I heard from an old timer, when I when I have doubts in God, I just I reach out to Him and ask Him to navigate through through those doubts. Um, I it's it's also part of it is not I, I can't just come to. Um, I can't just come to just blindly believing in God. I have to like I have to like do the step work on it. Um, a lot of the step two work um, helps me, um, and I and I and I surrender dishonesty. I, I, I surrender dishonesty when I when I when I have me personally. That's the way it works for me. Um, I, I realize that when I don't when I when I don't believe in God, it's because of my dishonesty and my delusion. Because, like the big book says, like we've had these aha moments, and I and I've looked into those moments in my life where I look at other members um, where I where I've seen religious people that had beautiful lives, and I knew it was because of their faith in God, and um, I also knew I, I also saw members that were very spiritual and recovered, and I wanted what they have, and I knew that it was because they were believing in a power that was greater than themselves. 
And um, that helps me overcome my doubts because I, I start to see my doubt as just the fear. Um, and um, and also, and also, you know, looking at the how my life, how I feel bitterly before that being self-reliant doesn't really help me so much. Um, so I'm not perfect with, with doubting, and I don't have to be perfect, but I just try to keep my eyes on the prize at the same time. That's a great answer. All right. Thank you, Steve. Uh, your voice is coming in very low. Could you speak up? Um, your voice is still faint. Your voice is still faint, but go ahead. We'll try to, as long as, as long as our speaker can hear you. I can hear. Okay. Zui, go ahead. Zui, you can try again. Okay, I don't see him unmuting. Uh, Is it better now? Yes. Beautiful. Perfect. Thank you. Okay, uh, Bakar, I know you from the meetings. Um, I remember you a couple of years ago when you uh, first came to New Jersey. Um, your transition is extremely inspirational. Um, I relate to you here very much because I've been in this program for a little bit above seven years, and I'm, uh, I'm what I call myself a chronic relapser. Um, it's always good. Uh, it's good uh, hope for me to see other chronic relapsers get sober. Right now, I'm coming up on 90 days, which is uh, which is a miracle. Um, I really appreciate your fear. And uh, I forgot what I wanted to ask. I guess the whole rigmarole of whether you guys are able to hear me or not started getting in my head, and now I just want to blink for a minute. Um. Um, yeah, okay, I'm not going to get out of question, but I really appreciate your share and keep doing what you're doing. We really appreciate you here in our meetings. Thank you. Thanks, V. Love you, brother. Hey, hey can I good. jump in? Yes, can you identify? I, I am Mo. I am Mo from Lakewood, Grizzly Covetex Attic. Um, before I, I don't have a question. Uh, besides that, I hope it was recorded because I absolutely loved the way you described how you worked the steps. Um, and I simply wanted to tell you how inspirational it was. And this program is about giving back. And we keep when we give. And I just wanted to say thank you. I gained tremendously from it. Thanks, Mo. Love you, brother. Same here. All right, so thank you so very much for your service today, Bahar in New Jersey. I'm going to pause the recording or stop the recording so we can get to announcements. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. 
Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.